Howdy guys, welcome to the Ronin Rabbit, a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore, and this is episode 55 as we wind down the Fantagraphics era of Usagi Ojimbo. Spoilers, 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 you have been warned. But first, if you do decide that you like the show enough to send some feedback, please do. You can do that by going to the website, bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit For your edification, Big Time Noise is, or excuse me, Ronin Rabbit is on the reader feed if you're looking for the show. Obviously, you've already found it, though. The reader feed is part of the Comic Book Noise Network, which in turn is part of the Deliberate Noise Network. Now, as far as that feedback, you can leave comments on the Ronin Rabbit Google Plus page, G+. I post the episodes on the Usagi Yojimbo Dojo Facebook page. More than welcome to leave comments there. Thank you, Steve. And you can always email usagipodcast at gmail if you like to communicate that way. Our book is, uh, well, actually our story comes from Usagi Yojimbo Color Special 2, cover dated September 1991, published by Fantagraphics Books, entitled The Doors. We're not going to talk about the musical group, uh, just for those of you that thought so. Now, the cover uh, is one of the cooler covers, uh, personally, that I've seen in a while on an Usagi book. First of all, it's a diptych, uh, which means that it's the front and back cover. You fold them out, and it's it's one complete um, one complete picture, a two-page spread if it were inside, outside. I think diptych is the right word. But on the left side, which would be the, the back cover, is a uh, rather grotesquely drawn giant spider surrounded uh, and covered to some extent by uh, many, many smaller spiders, perhaps not as menacing looking, but smaller spiders nonetheless, kind of putting you in mind of a, uh, a mother spider and her, uh, uh, her flock, her horde, her, you know, whatever her babies would be called. Now, she is webbing a character who is on the right half of the picture, which would be the front cover, and that is Lord Noriyuki the daimyo of the Gaishu clan, trying to free him are Tomoyame and our protagonist, Miyamoto Usagi, but also is Koro, drawn, who is Lord Noriyuki's puppy. Now, at this point, I do need to make a correction. For the past too many episodes, I have been referring to our protagonist as Usagi Ojimbo, and that is incorrect. Usagi Ojimbo is the title of the book. It's a descriptor of the character. It's not his name. His name would more accurately be Miyamoto Usagi. And I say that because, uh, depending on if you are using it in the Japanese or Anglo sense, uh, Miyamoto Usagi, those two words will be switched depending on which version you're using. Uh, Usagi Miyamoto, Miyamoto Usagi, which, whichever. So I wanted to make that correction. When I realized I was doing that, I felt like quite the boob for having made a, a goofy mistake of that nature. Uh, but I did for several, like I say, several, several issues, uh, episodes. All right, now on to the story. We open with a tradesman struggling to pull his wagon. Uh, it's kind of like a, uh, oh, uh, yeah, the... 
one with the somebody sits a sampan. No, that's not what it is. I forget the name of it, but it's it's like the uh, cart where someone will sit and someone in front of them uh, will run, uh, pulling the cart. Well, here is a, a tradesman pulling in that manner a wagon that appears to be loaded with uh, several mm, almost planks of something or something like that, and he's he's uh, struggling up to the fortress of the Gaishu clan and asking for entrance. Of course, the guards stop him, and he tells them he's a painter. Uh, Please let me pass. I have a gift for Lord Noriyuki. And the guards say, well, that's fine. Let, you know, let's see what you have. We have to check it out. And they are immediately struck by it, and they know without a doubt that Lord Noriyuki will want to see what this merchant has. So he gains audience. Uh, we have a two-page spread here. The main panel takes up about two-thirds of the two-page spread. Uh, we have two panels of just kind of introductory stuff, but the main panel is a picture of the merchant who we find out is named Goyaman. And by him are the gifts as they're being unwrapped. You still really can't tell what they are. He is uh, appealing to Lord Noriyuki, who is sitting on a small dais or a small standard. I'm not sure what the official term for that is. With Koro sitting next to him and down a couple levels sitting on the floor itself is Tomoe Ame on his right and Usagi Ojimbo on his left, surrounded by the rest of the court retinue as Goyamon is offering this gift. Now, the gift is finally unwrapped, and Lord Noriyuki uh, gets a full view of it. It is a uh, three-door picture. Noriyuki calls it a triptych, three pictures that make one. Uh, They are doors, and on it, uh, the merchant Goyamon asks Noriyuki if he recognizes the scene. The scene is a representation of the great hero Minamoto no Yoromitsu uh, and his four lieutenants battling the Earth Spider. Noriyuki continues with the story. If I remember correctly, Yoromitsu had taken ill and it was discovered that he was slowly being poisoned by a goblin spider disguised as a servant. The demon was followed to its cavern lair by three lieutenants and slain. Yoromitsu then immediately recovered. Uh, the uh, merchant Goyamon is, is much pleased that Noriyuki not only recognizes the story, but appreciates his artistic rendition of that pivotal scene in the story. Uh, Noriyuki is much taken with it, uh, instructs his people to immediately install these as the doors to his room, uh, the inside of his room, so that he can see them, and uh, bestows several honors very quickly and graciously on the merchant Goyamon for these doors. Now, Goyamon tells him that he made them, right? But we haven't seen any indication necessarily of that. Simply, at this point, we know him as a merchant, not as a painter merchant. So, I, I just throw that out there. Um, so, we go on. Uh, we finish with that meeting later that night. There, there is a, a cry, and it's discovered that it's Lord Noriyuki, and he wakes up. We see Tomoyame, Usagi, and several of Noriyuki's guards enter the room through the doors that have indeed been installed. Uh, Noriyuki says, it's, it's okay, I, I just had a, a nightmare. You know, I guess it woke me up. And 
Tomoyame notices some scratches on Noriyuki's neck, and we don't see them, but Noriyuki feels up, you know, the side of his neck, and he's like, well, you know, I must have just scratched myself thrashing around at night because of that crazy nightmare that I had. He said, it's it's nothing. Um, he tells Tomoe, who, as we saw in the previous color special, is now directly responsible for his protection. It That is her job, is to see to the protection of Lord Noriyuki. Uh, so she's settling him back in for the for the night. Uh, he seems to be okay, just kind of flustered because of the nightmare. Off to the side, Usagi is arranging for the further security of Lord Noriyuki and Lord Noriyuki's chambers by posting guards directly outside his doors. You know, they may be stationed at various points in, in this wing of the fortress, but Usagi wants them more concentrated, closer to the... Uh, Damyo's direct quarters. So he arranges that. And as they leave, we see an exchange by Tomoe, Ame, and Usagi, where they're concerned several levels for several different reasons. Uh, uh, Tomoe, Ame, doesn't know that the uh, that Lord Noriyuki really has been prone to nightmares before. That, that's unusual. But both of them have that uh, you know, kind of uh, uh, sixth sense of uh, a seasoned um, person battling weird things uh, and uh, samurai, sen- you know, just however you want to describe it. But they just feel that something's not right. Something, you know, and, and even when the merchant Goyaman first brought the triptych in as the gift, Usagi was like, uh, well, it just doesn't, you know, hmm. It's well done, but uh, you know he just he got this vibe off of it, uh, and and apparently that is just you know that has been reinforced now. Particularly, I would imagine with Tomoe saying that well, you know Lord Noriyuki isn't normally prone to nightmares, so here all of this new stuff is happening, and the Gaishu Daimyo is having nightmares. So uh, we see the next day that his breakfast, Lord Noriyuki's breakfast, is being delivered, and the attendant finds him. Uh, not not in good shape. Uh, we have a panel of him laying here, and he doesn't necessarily look bad. He could just be asleep, except that his mouth is open. And at first, I thought maybe it's drool coming from the side of his mouth, but it may more likely be foam to really uh, send the impact. But it's kind of hard to draw foam because Lord Noriyuki is a panda cub. So, of course, he's all white and the white foam. So, uh, to me, it looked like drool, but I suspect it's supposed to be more. Either way, they find him in a state that they don't like, so they cry for help. Uh, Tomoe runs and wakes up Usagi, which is is interesting because we see Usagi grab his sword and run with her, dressed merely in his sleep clothes. He's not in his normal uh, Usagi samurai garb. So they run, and a, a doctor is already attending to Noriyuki, several doctors, you've, you've got them doing different things. One is over here looking for components in a, uh, a portable, um, yeah, a portable cupboard. Uh, we've got another one over here grinding things. And then we have the main doctor, who I just assume is the main doctor because he looks old with white hair. I, I don't know. Uh, with a mortal and mortar and pestle, and he's bending over Lord Noriyuki. She asks what's wrong. Uh, he tells her that uh, Lord Noriyuki, the lead doctor. Lord Noriyuki is in a coma, but I can't find a thing wrong with him. 
uh, Usagi says, well, you know, what about these scratches that he's got? And the doctor says, what scratches? And they look, and sure enough, there are no scratches on his neck. Ah, more weirdness. So because all that's happened, um, Tomoe orders that Lord Noriyuki be moved to another room. Uh, I would imagine the idea being that someone has determined that this is his room, so if we take him to a secret, more protected location, you know, she could, you could start your uh, investigation fresh because you, Lord, you know, they can't get to Lord Noriyuki. Uh, but the doctor says, no, no, go, we, we can't move him. Moving may well mean his death. So Usagi immediately says, uh, that's fine, then he has to be guarded 24-7. I will take the first watch. I will sit here. Uh, you do what you need to do today, and then you relieve me tonight, and, and we'll trade off day, night, day, night. She immediately bows and says, Thank you, Usagi. You aren't a member of the Gaishu clan, so we're grateful for your friendship. And he is much taken aback. Um, I don't know if by her reference that he is not a member of the Gaishu clan, which, I mean, officially he's not, or by her honorable gesture of bowing to him and recognizing that he is doing more than is uh, honorably required of him to do. Either way, it was it was kind of cool. Uh, these two at this point still have a, a pretty strong relationship. This is, in my mind, this is a um, thinking back in time. It's not a current occurrence, but so so I would I would put there friendship at an at an earlier stage than it is currently but yet it's it's still uh, secure enough that i'm surprised like i say that usagi is is uh taken that she appreciates his gestures i'm, I'm sure he makes gestures like that all the time so we have several panels of uh the outside zooming into the uh castle zooming into lord noriyuki's room Usagi, he, he's kind of struggling, it seems. You know, he's been sitting there all day, and he, he gets up to stretch and move around, and he goes and in, investigates one of the panels, the panel that has the large spider. And uh, he's thinking, wow, I never really got a chance to take a close look at these doors. They're, they look so real, almost as if you could, and he reaches out to, you know, try to touch it, and just as he does, the panel moves, and he jumps back, and basically, or not basically, but it, it turns out to be uh, Tomoe, sliding the door open so that she can enter, bearing Koro, um, Lord Noriyuki's puppy, uh, probably his you know favorite companion, hoping that that will help, I'm sure, jog him out of whatever thing is going on with him. So they come in, uh, they trade places, and as soon as they get in, the puppy starts acting really funky, running around, barking, acting all kinds of... Uh, protective you know there's weirdness going on and then he he runs out of the room scared but then he turns around uh, because his impulse is to protect lord noriyuki and he, he stands at the door and barks and then growls as he walks in real um gingerly you know looking around and then he walks up beside lord noriyuki and whimpers and lays down right at his shoulder and he, he lets out kind of a little uh, residual growl as he lays down that's where he's going to be as he watches over the Lord also. So later on that night, uh, Tomoe realizes it's about about midnight, I think, and that seems like the same time that Lord Noriyuki had his nightmare last night. So she's kind of expecting something more to happen. And the dog reacts, and then she turns around and reacts because the giant 
uh, evil goblin spider that's been painted on the triptych is starting to walk off of the picture. It's starting to come to life uh, in three dimensions. Tomoe immediately grabs up her sword, yells for the guards. The guards respond, as does Usagi, who I would think would be sleeping because he's been awake all day and he needs to sleep in preparation for his next shift. But apparently he's up. They all run to the Lord Noriyuki's chambers. They can't open the doors because the doors are closed, so they can't pull them apart. They can't seem to to break through or cut through whatever the panels are made of, which uh, I think most often in feudal Japan, just your typic, t- typical panels are made of like rice paper, I thought. Even though they might be painted on, it, it's just rice paper. Uh, so it should be pretty easy. You know, you've seen all the TV shows and the movies where people get thrown through them and whatnot. You can cut it with a sword, but they, they can't do anything to it. It's, it's not breaking. So uh, Usagi's at the door screaming, asking Tomoe what's going on, and she tells him it's the painting. Usagi is coming to life. The Earth Spider is after Lord Noriyuki. So she's standing there, Tomoe with her sword drawn. And we have Koro uh, barking and growling, trying to protect Lord Noriyuki, who is still laying here in a coma. And Usagi realizes when she says the painting, uh, he immediately asks one of the guards, where's the painter, Goyamon? And one of the guards just happens to be the one that escorted him back to his shop. And he says, well, I know where his shop is, sir. I, I took him back there earlier today. And Usagi says, okay. You four, come with me. We're going to Goemon's shop. The rest of you keep trying to break into Lord Noriyuki's room somehow. Inside, uh, Usagi yells to Tomei, Tomoe, excuse me, that there's no way in, that they'll, they'll keep trying. She yells for Lord Noriyuki to wake up while she's trying to fend off the spider. We cut to Usagi and the four samurai going to Goemon's shop, and as he enters... Uh, the painter uh, has his back to him. He's sitting on the floor, you know, painting something out. And he says, so you've found me, have you, samurai? Well, I have expected it when Lord Noriyuki was not killed last night. I suspect the doors were not completely closed. But he is not quite so lucky tonight. And he turns around and he has all these jaggedy teeth in his mouth, which he didn't before. Uh, he's, uh, the character is drawn like a dog. And then there's a confrontation between the painter and... Uh, Usagi, you don't really get any information as to why the painter is doing this. But he was painting another painting when Usagi came in, and it is of Uabami, the giant serpent who could swallow whole a warrior on horseback, and it's lifting up off the painting coming at Usagi. Uh, and it is indeed a, a rather large green serpent with a uh, with with two tendrils from its chin uh, in, in beard-like fashion. So it attacks Usagi, and sure enough, when it finishes and is full size, it, it could easily swallow It could easily swallow a swordsman. Now, a swordsman on his horse might be a bit of a stretch, but it could do it. So Usagi yells for the townspeople to get away. The serpent is snatching up you know, people that are nearby. He tells the samurai to immediately attack the serpent, and then the city guard responds, and they start attacking as well. All of those people kind of uh, are holding the snake at bay. Usagi goes running back into the shop of the merchant to confront Goyamon and finds him painting again. This time, Goyamon says that he is painting a Tengu, 
the mountain goblin whose skills with the sword is unsurpassed. And it rises up from the painting also, um, looking, you know, menacing, but not particularly so. We cut back to Lord Noriyuki's chambers, where Tomoe Ame is holding the spider off. She is having some headway, uh, lopping off legs, but finally gets too close and gets knocked across, if not fully recovered, and he's talking to Tomoe and Usagi about what what has happened. Uh, they fill him in, you know, when the painter was killed, everything disappeared. We've had the doors removed and burned. And, of course, Lord Noriyuki is, you know, considering, wow, what a, what a strange thing he personally now has gone through. Although something occurs to Usagi, he says, the paints have not been found. We were all preoccupied with the destruction caused by Goemon. They may have been stolen. And uh, Lord Noriyuki looks at him and says, do you think there is something to be concerned about? And Usagi, in that, you know, thought-provoking, stroking of the chin kind of voice, says, I don't know. Well, obviously... On the next page, we have a series of panels whereby a small child is sitting out on a little meadow painting. He has uh, some parchment and a brush and a nicely decorated box with a, a vessel of water there. And we see him painting away what seems to be uh, loosely looks like a butterfly, you know, on his on his painting. Then we see the the child as he is taken aback. And then the next panel, we see his butterfly construct coming up off the paper as Goyamon made the other shapes and fluttering, flying off into the distance, uh, the child standing there looking at the paintbrush. So apparently it did have something to do with the paint, not just something imbued into the paint by the merchant Goyamon. Alrighty guys, next time up is Usagi Ojimbo Color Special 3. Cover dated September 1992, published by Fanographics Books. The story I'll be looking at is entitled Fox Fire. Thanks a lot. See you next time. The Ronin Rabbit Podcast is a Teal production, and as such, is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution, non-commercial, non-derivatives, 3.0, unported license.